Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates, and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace, and career development so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today is an exciting day because this is the 200th episode of MBA Insider. And I just want to thank you all for coming on this journey with me and being a part of the MBA Insider Podcast community and the MBA School community. What I wanted to do with today's episode is just to take you down a journey down memory lane to talk a little bit about just the journey with the MBA Insider Podcast in terms of how it got started, as well as how I have evolved and grown over the course of producing these 200 episodes, as well as what I've learned from this process and some of the reflections that I've had from interviewing hundreds of guests on the MBA Insider Podcast. I thought this would be a good chance to just reflect and also share a little bit more about myself and how I've grown and evolved as the podcast has grown and evolved. And I hope this is interesting and useful and helpful to also showing you just as a MBA graduate how this podcast really has not only hopefully helped me help all of you, but also how it's helped me grow and develop as I've tried to navigate my own MBA and post-MBA journey. So let me take you back to January of 2020. And in January of 2020, I published my book, MBA Insider, How to Make the Most of Your MBA Experience. And for those who aren't familiar, this book is the guide to navigating business school filled with tactics and best practices for how you can make the most out of your MBA experience. So I published that book in January of 2020. It was very exciting. What I had done was I had taken what I had learned from building mbaschool.com for about five years and synthesized all the best practices and everything I learned from interviewing hundreds of MBA students and alum and put it in a book to hopefully help the next generation of MBAs as they go and make the most of their MBA experience. So I launched that book in towards the end of January 2020. And as I think many of you who are aware, if we can reflect down memory lane, we started noticing in January 2020 that there could be this potential risk of a global pandemic. And was definitely paying attention to things going on at the time. I remember when I actually had a book launch party in San Francisco where I invited a lot of my friends to talk about the book and kind of joking with people of, oh, it would be really a shame if this were to shut down some of the other events I was having with the book tour later on. I remember right after that going to Hawaii with a couple of my friends and actually joking, like it would be really hilarious if we ever got stuck here, if there were a global pandemic. And as history would remind us, sure enough, come March, a global pandemic came. And that was a definitely a tough moment because it meant that all of the things that I had planned to do with a book, particularly in person, particularly doing in-person events and speaking and all those things, was going to be put on hold. Certainly, definitely a challenging time with everything that was going on. And quite frankly, I think in many ways, because there were so many other things outside of just the book that were happening and there was so much unknown it in many ways it i think it actually prevented me from being too sad for myself for not necessarily being able to do the things i wanted to do with the book because of covid 
And in many ways, it was a good, healthy perspective check. But it certainly, now with the benefit of hindsight, definitely was challenging because I had spent a lot of time leading up to the book launch, really getting excited, really wanting to promote it, really wanting to use this to really help me build and grow my brand. And then to have that taken away was really, as I think back on it, I think it was really tough. But the opportunity that sprung out of that was that it accelerated the roadmap for this podcast that you're listening to right now. In the back of my head, I knew I'd always wanted to start a podcast, and I just wasn't sure when it was going to happen. But one of the things I realized was that if I wasn't going to be able to talk about this book in person or talk about the stories from the book or share some of the book, one way I could do that, particularly at a distance, was through a podcast. And so in March of 2020, like many other people who start a podcast, I googled how to start a podcast. Those first couple of results of how to start a podcast and put some stuff together. And sure enough, I was off to the races with starting a podcast. And the initial perspective on the podcast was a way for me to bring out some of the stories from the book as well as some of the themes from the book and to share them with the world and to feature some of those people. And so we started that podcast in March of 2020. I think my first episode was just talking about the MBA and navigating business school during COVID. I think my first guest, if I remember correctly, was in episode two. That was Linda Abraham, the CEO of Accepted.com and a longtime, very well-respected MBA admissions consultant. And since then, we've been kind of off to the races. But it was certainly something that, was, even though it was on the roadmap, it definitely got moved up because of COVID. And in many ways, that was a blessing because I would soon learn how much I really enjoyed podcasting and also learn how podcasting can be an incredibly valuable medium for sharing ideas and information, for sharing stories, and for hopefully helping people as they navigate through their work and through their careers and as they're thinking about business school, navigating business school, and beyond. The result of that podcast and launching that podcast and getting out there a little bit more was not just having a podcast that people started seeing, listening to, and subscribing to, but it also opened up a number of other opportunities. One of the reasons why I wanted to write a book was really to use that as a means to start to do some more public speaking, keynote speaking, and training both in the business school space as well as in the corporate space. And sure enough, because of the, I think at least partially because of the podcast, some of those speaking and training requests started coming in. While I had been doing some of this prior to the pandemic, it was pretty episodic, and I had a couple clients, but I it was certainly because I was also working a full-time job, it wasn't very big. But between the book launching, the podcast launching, as well as during the early beginnings of COVID when many schools and many companies just needed a lot of help on things related to career and leadership training, as well as hybrid and remote collaboration, I started getting a lot more requests and I started getting a lot of opportunities to do speaking and training and corporate workshops and things like that. And the nice thing about it was that even though I was working a full-time job, because all of us were inside and staying in place, I could do these while working that full-time job. And so as the podcast grew and evolved, so did this request for speaking and training. And I had this really nice thing going. And it was great. And I would say from about March of 2020 to let's call it about January of 2021 or so, it just was this whirlwind of working all day really hard at my job, 
then switching over at night to working on the podcast and working on stuff for speaking opportunities. And I absolutely loved it. And I think like many people, definitely during the first couple months of COVID, I ended up working a ton more just because I realized I could and I was enjoying it. And so I was spending a lot of time, but also using a lot of energy and really being excited about it. So some good things and some challenging things happened as a result of that. The first good thing that happened was that opportunities kept coming my way. And I think this is what I like to call the the serendipity or the surface area of serendipity just kept expanding. And what I mean by that was because I was putting on a podcast regularly, I was expanding my surface area for opportunities to come my way. That's how the speaking and training opportunities came in. And it also was a way for me to certainly meet other people and grow my network. But as good as that was, what was also starting to get challenging was two things. Number one, the thing is when you work a full-time job that is demanding and put a at least part-time job on top of that, if not another full-time job on top of that, you at some point, if you are human like I am, your body starts to break down a little bit. But the second thing that also, quite frankly, was happening was that while I was still liking the people that I worked with in the company that I was at, I was starting to lose a little bit of interest in the actual day job I was doing each and every day. And for the first time in about four or five years, I started to feel a little bit of dread in terms of the work that I was doing each day. On the flip side, when I flipped off my day job and started working on the podcast and working on the speaking stuff, I got super excited. So what I thought that meant, at least at that time, was that I needed to go and find another job. And so had a conversation with my manager. They were super supportive. They were really encouraging of me trying to find something that was a better fit. And so I went through that process, interviewed with a few teams internally, and even got a few offers, both internally and externally. And I realized after really reflecting on it, it wasn't a new job that I needed per se. It really, honestly, more than anything, was much, much more than that. And I think it really honestly took getting an offer of something from a, I got a job offer from a company that on paper was absolutely perfect. It checked all the boxes for what I had wanted and just realizing that there was this feeling of emptiness as I was staring at it. And that was a very humbling thing. As someone who has been very intentional about their career decisions and their choices, I felt I had perhaps maybe just misunderstood myself and what I actually wanted because I was staring at the thing that I thought I had wanted and it just wasn't it. So that was happening. Another thing that was happening was that I had started to date someone, that someone is now my wife, but we had started dating and she was living in Los Angeles and I was living in San Francisco. And so there's this pull for me, I think, of realizing that someone who I potentially could end up with for the rest of my life was living somewhere that was a little bit farther away than where I was living. And then I think the last thing that was happening at the same time was, again, being pulled to the work I was doing in terms of the leadership training and the career training in terms of the NBA Insider podcast and all the exciting opportunities that kind of came with that. And so all of this kind of was happening all at once. And it took a lot of time, a lot of reflection, a lot of thinking about what do I want out of my life right now? And what are really is what's really important to me? And I think I was able to hone in on, on a couple things. I think the first thing is that I really wanted to be able to choose and have agency and autonomy over the work that I got to do each and every day. I think the second thing was is that I loved 
the ability to flex my creativity muscles, whether that was in speaking and training in creating a podcast or just being able to kind of create. That was something that I wanted. I think the third thing that I wanted was that I wanted something where I could feel like I could own the upside of the efforts that I was putting in. And that's the, one of the things I loved about doing this podcast was that uh, this was on me and everything was on me, but any benefits that came from it were things that I could take advantage of for myself. And so after a lot of reflection and a lot of thought and talking with a lot of mentors and other people, I decided to leave my full-time day job to become a full-time corporate trainer, keynote speaker, and researcher on all things related to career and leadership development. And what that would mean was that I would go full-time as an entrepreneur or continuing to work with MBA programs on career and leadership development training for their students, also doing some corporate training and facilitation inside of companies to develop more effective in human-first managers and leaders, and then finally being able to research, write, and create content like this podcast really at the intersection of training the leaders and managers of tomorrow and helping all people grow and develop in their careers. And so all of that was happening. Some of you may have known that for listening to some of the podcasts, but some of you may not. But that was all happening in the background of producing this podcast. And so while we were going through producing this podcast and releasing episodes and talking to people, if I reflect back on it from the start of January 2020 to let's call this June of 2023, in that time, I wrote and published a book. I launched this podcast as well as two others, so three podcasts. I met my partner, Emily, and got married. I've become an uncle. I've moved to a new city. I left my corporate job, and I have transitioned from being a product marketer to being an entrepreneur. And so all of those things have been happening in the background while producing this podcast and show. And I share that with you, number one, because I hopefully, if for those of you who listen regularly, I hope to be able to share more of myself. And hopefully that is something that resonates with you and is helpful to you and gives you more context, perhaps even too, for some of the topics that I cover, as well as some of the guests that I bring on. But also because I, in all of the work that I do, I really try to make sure that anything that I'm talking about or anything that I'm sharing, particularly if it comes across as me giving advice or me giving suggestions, that it is stuff that I believe in and that I practice for myself. And I have had really over the past three years to really think deeply about some of those lessons and suggestions and frameworks that I often share on this podcast or and through the work that I do, and really having to think deeply about how they apply to myself and how I put them into practice. And they have absolutely guided a lot of the decisions that I have made in terms of producing all 200 episodes of this podcast. So I share that with all of you, hopefully, so that you have more context for why episodes come up the way that they do, why certain guests come on, or why I may ask certain questions that I ask, but also, quite frankly, so you can hold me accountable. I take it as a privilege that you continue to listen each and every day, and I hope that this is valuable to you and that you're getting something out of it. But I also want to be transparent about who I am and what I do so that hopefully it makes you decide a little bit more of if you want to continue leaning into it or what parts of it you want to continue leaning in and listening to. Hey there, it's Al. And thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show and I hope you're enjoying it too. And that's where I would really love your help. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify 
or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. So that's a little bit just about what's been happening in the background while we're producing 200 of these episodes. Now that I talked about that and give you some more context, I want to talk about some of the learnings that I've had from the podcast, particularly about the MBA and careers and just work and life. And so I want to share just a couple ones that tend to pop out a little bit. So the first one is just this opportunity that we all have to be able to sense and respond. And what I mean by that is if I take how this podcast got started, it really was about being able to sense and scan what was going on, take that in, and then respond in an agile manner, right? As I said when I began, I didn't intend to start this podcast when I did, but because of what happened with COVID and canceling the book tour, I then began to respond by creating this podcast and even though I didn't necessarily have all of the pieces ready to launch when I did, I just said, screw it, let's just do it. And we'll be agile and iterate along the way. I think sometimes I am guilty of wanting for things to be perfect before I go and do it. And the reality of it is that sometimes you can't line up all of the chips before you jump in. Sometimes you just have to jump in and build from there and iterate from there and grow from there. And certainly, as I believe it was Winston Churchill who once said, planning is useful, but plans are useless. And the idea there is that it is helpful to plan and to be intentional and to think about things. But even people who plan, some things don't necessarily always go to plan or you have to iterate and evolve. And so sometimes you just have to go and ship the thing, get it out there and before you get started. And so this podcast has really taught me all about this idea of being able to sense and respond. And the other reason why, quite frankly, is because there are going to be a lot of things that quite you just don't know how to do. And instead of just wanting for it to be perfect, sometimes you just have to go and do the darn thing, see what happens, gain some insights from it, and then make an adjustment and iteration and to keep learning, learning and evolving. Sometimes the way to get something done is just to do the darn thing, as simple as that may sound. But that is something I've definitely had to learn, I've learned from producing this podcast. And the nice thing about doing 200 episodes of a podcast is that certainly some things that happened early on are things I've been able to evolve since then. And I would like to think that I'm better about this than I was in the beginning. But at some point, you just have to get started and then you can iterate or evolve from there. I think the second lesson from this podcast is just the value and just the richness that comes from being able to explore your curiosities. Curiosity has always been, I think, a strength of mine, but I also think in particular for podcasting, it can be particularly helpful and great, not just for myself, but also for listeners. When you use your curiosity to pursue guests that you want to bring on, to ask questions, and to explore things, it adds a layer and dimension and uniqueness to your voice, to the direction of the show, and to what you are building. Instead of just being another podcast and a talking head or an interview style, the curiosity that you bring is what makes you unique. And it also, I think, gets to a deeper conversation if you are doing an interview podcast, or even if you're just doing a solo podcast for that matter. 
And my curiosity is something that when all else fails, kind of what I lean into, whether that's conversation, whether that's with a guest that I want to bring on, whether that's with a tweak or something I want to try out, I'll just use that to explore it and to see what happens. And when you can combine your curiosity, I think with that sense and respond, a lot of really fun things can happen. And as a result of that, I've been able to bring on some incredible guests to the show from some really diverse backgrounds and some really different perspectives. And I would like to think that's been helpful in terms of not only shaping the show, but hopefully also for those of you who are listening along, giving you things that you can take with you and giving you insights that are helpful to you. Okay. The third learning from the MBA Insider podcast and doing 200 episodes of these, and this is specific to the MBA degree, but there's a lot of ways to make the MBA work for you. As you can see, hopefully, for those of you who have listened for a while, There are so many different ways to use your MBA to accelerate your career or to grow in your career or to position yourself for a career that you previously didn't have. And it can be easy sometimes to, if you're in school, to look at the common quote unquote tracks, right, of functions, roles, and industries, and to think that those are what you can do with an MBA degree. And that is true. But the reality of it is that there are thousands of people who graduate from business school every year and have for God knows, maybe the past couple decades. And they are all, many of them are doing unique things that are different and not just on the quote unquote traditional paths. Now, if the traditional, a, a traditional path or a, a path that is more traditional is right for you, by all means, go do that and go excel at that because that is incredibly valuable. But I only share this to, to show you that there are so many different ways that you can make an MBA work for you. I love the, some of the guests that we've had on the show that have really illustrated that. So I think of folks like Erin Schultz, who started her personal finance and who used her time in business school, where she saw that many of her female classmates were incredible at managing a balance sheet for a company, but oftentimes struggled to manage their own personal balance sheets. And then she went and started her own personal finance company, where she educates women, successful women, on how to manage their finances. So that's one incredible example of how you can make the MBA certainly work for you. I think about other folks like Jessica Wan, who is a now an executive and leadership coach, but has previously been a engineer and a marketer and was able to what she calls a multi-passionate life and being able to combine her love for music as well as her love for people into the world that she's in now as an executive and leadership coach and the host of a podcast that explores people who have multi-passionate interests and are able to make careers out of them. I also think about people like Laura Fox, who is a NYU Stern MBA graduate, who, in addition to being in venture capital, is also an instructor, has also worked at Lyft, has also explored other aspects of her interest, and has a number of different roles that are outside of her day job. And certainly also I think about people like Janine Lee, Janine right now is a global L&D strategy and ops lead at Google, but she loved her curiosity and the love for learning so much and wanted to pursue that so much further that she is now about to be a, is currently about to be a doctor, on the path to becoming a doctorate. And that love for learning has fueled her far beyond just an MBA. So there are so many different diverse ways in which people can use their MBA to grow their careers. And it's been fun to bring such diverse people on the podcast to go and show just how that is. Or I think about folks like Gorik Ng, who is a Harvard Business School MBA graduate and an author and speaker, and who 
after being challenged in terms of understanding how to navigate some of the implicit norms of the workplace, went to study this and now is a career advisor to many, as well as the author of a Wall Street Journal bestselling book about how to navigate in the workplace through these unspoken rules. And so these are just some of the many examples of people who have used their MBA to chart unique paths in their life and their career. And I hope that you've been able to see if you've been on the journey with us for these episodes of just all the diverse ways in which you can go and use your MBA to do such diverse things that can really make an impact for yourself and for other people. And then perhaps finally, this notion that the MBA and graduating from business school is the beginning of learning and not the end. I think that if you graduate from business school, you should absolutely celebrate. It is an incredible accomplishment, and you should be excited about whatever you're doing right next after you graduate. And the thing is that if we all think about this just very logically for a second, most people graduate business school between the ages of, let's say, 26 and about 35 to 36. You're going to be working for a long time after that if you do your job right. The first job, the first role, the first industry, the first career out of business school is not going to be your last one. And your learning actually doesn't start and stop when you graduate from business school. If anything, it is just the beginning. And hopefully you've been able to see either through some of the examples of the people I just gave, or even my own example of my own story of just all the different things I've had to learn over the past three years of making this podcast, hopefully you've been able to see just that graduating from business school really is the start of the learning, not the end of it. And your ability to continue to be curious and to continue to learn and to continue to explore, I think is going to be the thing that fuels and creates even more possibilities and opportunities for yourself and in your career and life. Okay, so those are just some of the learnings that I've had just from doing 200 of these episodes. Before we wrap up here, there's some folks I want to say thank you to who have really made an impact in shaping this direction of this podcast and contributing to the strength of this podcast. So first and foremost, I need to thank my two guest hosts that I've had so far, Jody Interfield and Brad Vonick. These are two people who have been a part of the MBA school and the MBA Insider community for a long time, who have been guests on the show, and who I've given the mic to at various points to host other people on the show. I just want to thank them for really embodying the ethos of MBA Insider and MBA Schooled and for their contributions and willingness to not only share their stories, but also to encourage others to share their stories too. Please make sure you check out and follow them on LinkedIn or connect with them. They are incredible contributors and people who I genuinely admire and respect. The second group of people I want to thank are some of the mentors who are responsible for getting this started. I remember when I was graduating from business school at the time, Jeff McNish, who is now the, I believe, the assistant dean at the Darden School of Business and the Career Center over there, but he was working as the director of career management at UNC. And I remember asking him, if I want to do this one day, speak and write for a living, what's your advice? And he said two things to me. He said, first, don't quit your day job. And the second is to write a book. So the reason why I'm here is because of those pieces of advice and those words from Jeff. And since then, he's gone on to not only be a mentor, but a great partner, as I've been privileged to work with Darden for the past few years. So thank you to Jeff and then also to, to Megan Gosk. Uh, Megan uh, is someone who has supported me through MBA School and MBA Insider, both the podcast and the book, and someone uh, who really encouraged me to really go down this path. Then certainly, there's a lot of friends who I need to thank who helped really get this started and has, have supported in many diverse ways along the way. So 
Jenny Fink, Daniel Liu, thank you all so much for your friendship and your encouragement and your support in terms of making this what it is and for always being great sounding boards over the years in terms of really helping me think about how to keep growing and evolving and putting out something that I can be proud of and that really makes an impact. Certainly have to thank all of you who are listening. I appreciate you for tuning in, for giving me ideas about what episodes to make, for giving suggestions of people to engage with and follow, and for telling me what's working and not working for you. I'm grateful for your support. And this show, as trite as it sounds, doesn't exist without listeners, but I'm really grateful for you coming on this journey for you. Hopefully, this is a little bit of a different episode, but hopefully valuable to you to hear just what's going on behind the scenes and how this show has evolved over the years. I'm really grateful to be able to do the show, and I'm excited for what's ahead with it. I'd love to hear your thoughts and what you think. Feel free to shoot me a note, al at mbaschool.com, or connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message. But thank you for listening to the 200th episode of MBA Insider. Hi, everyone. Al D here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.